How concerned should we be about the Carolina Panthers offensive line? Because, buddy, that was bad. We'll talk about it here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm live following every Carolina Panthers preseason, regular season, and fingers crossed postseason game here on YouTube so make sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you never miss a single edition of the show and be sure to follow me Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me as I answer those every single Friday throughout the preseason and throughout the offseason, but we'll transition to a Wednesday mailbag that will be live on YouTube on Tuesdays once the season starts. The Carolina Panthers, zero. The New York Jets, 27. Boy, you really miss football until you see that. Wow. There are much better ways to spend a Saturday afternoon in the beautiful Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, than that. And I wish I could say the word queen better than I said just a moment ago. There are certainly far better things to do to new watch that performance from the Panthers. Now it's only preseason. So let's all do this right now. <sighs> Take a deep breath. It's not that deep, but it's certainly discouraging with all of the good vibes with a general manager and Scott Fitter you believe in, who said he's in on every deal, trades up, gets Bryce Young. Yes, loses DJ Moore at a touchdown today when playing for Chicago in his preseason debut with the Bears. We're not going to worry about that. Feels good to have a general manager you believe in. Feels good to have an owner who's willing to open up the checkbook and buy the best coaching staff possible by bringing in Frank Reich and all these great coordinators. It's great to have mentors like Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers. It's great to bring in some veterans on the offensive side and, and defensive side of the ball. A lot of great vibes, but today certainly was a vibe killer because the Panthers, they look bad, man. They look bad. They looked just like the team we had seen the last three seasons under Matt Rule. They didn't look good. But there's, not re there's no reason to panic. And Frank Reich summed it up after the game saying it was a good week that ended on a bad note. Which, okay, preseason, yeah, you can agree with that. By all accounts, very productive practice earlier in the week with the joint practices against the Jets, primarily against their ones. And everything they've done so far throughout preseason and the training camp, or really the training camp, has gone according to plan. That Bryce Young has checked all the boxes. You felt good about it. But today was bad. And the thing is, it does not matter what you do throughout the week if you can't end it on a good note on Sundays. So we didn't see that return on Saturday afternoon in the Panthers' 27-0 loss against the New York Jets, who I believe are legitimate AFC East contenders and with Aaron Rodgers and that defense have a shot at the Lombardi Trophy. So there's no shame in losing to the Jets. There is a shame in the way the Panthers perform based off of who played for New York, who played for Carolina, and just 
the overall effort given by the team. And I'm not going to say that the guys didn't try. They just got whooped. And that ain't great. Now, the headline, of course, going into this game was Bryce Young making his Carolina Panthers preseason debut. It's hard to even evaluate because there's not much to say based off of what we saw because the offensive line wasn't good. And we'll get to them in a moment. That's really the story coming out of the game. Bryce Young in his debut was 4 of 6, uh, 21 yards, and 72.2 passer rating. So pretty modest numbers in three drives and 11 total plays. That went 30 yards. That is 2.7 yards per play and only one first down. The offense was anemic, but we were used to watching anemic offenses here in Carolina. So honestly, it might have been a little bit comforting to turn on Carolina Panthers football and watch an offense that couldn't move the ball down the field. Now, of course, I'm joking. I say that in jest. It was not comforting at all. If anything, it was more alarming than what we've seen in the past because the thought was that things will change. Now, here's a good thing. The Carolina Panthers played a football game on August 12th. The Panthers do not play a football game that matters until September 10th down in Atlanta. They still have time. This is still a new offensive scheme with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback and a lot of new players. The three receivers who started today, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo, were not here this time last year. They were not here back in February. It's going to take some time to get up to speed. So the offense not looking good as far as the first team. I'm not going to freak out about that because Bryce at least showed some toughness if that's the only thing you can really say positively about what you saw about from him today. And there's nothing really to say negative about, about, about Bryce Young. I will say this for people who are concerned that the first time he got touched that he would break in half. Well, what do you know? It didn't happen. He took two shots there in that first drive, and that is definitely not what you want to see in the preseason is your quarterback being touched in that manner. He got sacked. And the final drive, because Michael Jordan, Lord knows why he's out there at right guard, but he gave up a sack. Bryce Young got up. What do you know? He, at Alabama, had one injury. One. Last year, where he was playing Arkansas, and he fell down wrong. He didn't get tackled. He fell down wrong. That was his own fault, if you want to blame him on that. But it wasn't getting tackled. It wasn't anything like that. He missed one football game, came back the week after that against Tennessee, and put up numbers. I'm not concerned about Bryce Young's health. Now, I am a little bit concerned about his health, if the offensive line performs the way they perform today. That's the only thing that can really get me concerned about whether Bryce Young can hold up. But from what we saw today, you saw that, okay, he can take a hit. That this guy is not as frail and as fragile as a lot of people led, him, led you to believe during the lead-up to the NFL draft. He can play football. He's fine. You just got to give him an opportunity. And it's hard to evaluate him in three series, which is – Maybe more than we thought. Now, I think Frank Wright came out and said he could play two, possibly three. So, I guess it's right there uh, what we thought could happen. But still, it's hard to evaluate if you don't get to see him upright with an opportunity to get the ball to his playmakers. So, not great from the Panthers' offense, but I certainly have nothing negative to say about Bryce Young based off of this performance against the Jets on Saturday. But I do have some things to say about the Panthers' offense line. And my concerns there, and also the current concerns I do not have about the Carolina Panthers' the offensive line after one game. And we'll get into those concerns here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers. No trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger. 
Guys, check this out. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including, if you win, an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. I get it. It's August 12th. You probably haven't drafted, but if you haven't, go ahead and get it done. Get that money, $3 million, it's on the line. There's also another $12 million you could potentially get a share of. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find it in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers offensive line because that is the chief concern from every Carolina Panthers fan coming off of the uh, 27 to nothing loss to the New York Jets in the preseason opener at Bank of America Stadium on Saturday. Uh, the loss, whatever. You know, they lose, but you don't want to get beat like that ever. Even if it's a preseason game, it doesn't matter. There are things that happen this afternoon that certainly matter for the Panthers and matter for this team moving forward. Um, but the scoreline, I don't really feel like that's something that's overly concerning. But the way the offensive line played, Certainly is. And as, just, as I just talked about, hard to evaluate Bryce Young if he's not upright. It's hard to evaluate Sam Darnold if he's not upright. It's hard to evaluate Baker Mayfield if he's not upright. It's hard to evaluate Teddy Bridgewater if he's not upright. And we have seen the issues with the offensive line the last couple seasons. Now, going to this year, we felt like it was fixed. And going to the last year, we felt like there was a chance that it would be better. And it certainly was with Ike Aquano, who they drafted six overall at NC State, a Charlotte-area guy, went to Providence Day was excellent at left tackle. Yeah, week one, got his ass kicked by Miles Garrett. <laughs> Huge shock there. That's supposed to happen. And even now, Miles Garrett should kick his ass because he's a better player. He's been in the league longer. But after that, Icky was solid. Didn't hear much from him. Now, yeah, he gave a big sack when they needed him most uh, there in week 17 against Tampa Bay. But overall, good rookie season for a guy who the Panthers had played every single offensive snap. I'm not worried about Icky long-term, but he was better last year. Brady Christensen was the weak link of what was overall a solid offensive line. Was it a great offensive line? No. Not a single one of those guys have ever been pro bowlers or all pros. Austin Corbett, he has won a Super Bowl. Brady, uh, Bradley Bozeman has been to the playoffs. None of these guys individually have ever garnered the attention of the NFL world by being named a pro bowler and all pro. But as a unit collectively, they were solid. Brady Christensen was the weakest link of those guys. So there was concern there at left guard because coming into the season, we talked to Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer about this. There was some thought that Chandler Zavala, who was drafted in the fourth round at NC State this past spring, who played with Ike Aquanu, of course, at State, only five games, though. So it's not – I think we're kind of overrating how much they really played with each other because Zavala went down with an injury, but they played at least practice against each other and are friends and all that kind of stuff. And he is probably more of a natural fit at left guard than, than Christensen, but it's not act as if, like, they played, like, three years together and they had, like, these all ACC offensive lines. That wasn't the case. Icky was great. Savala was great last year. They barely played with each other back in college. But there was some thought coming into the year that Zavala could push Christensen. Unfortunately, once Panthers got down to training camp a couple weeks ago, Zavala was on pup. So that could not happen. The competition has not been there for Brady Christensen. At center, I have no concerns at all about Bradley Bozeman. He was my top free agent priority once the offseason started and the Panthers got it done. Happy they did. Got him for cheap, considering what Spotrack was saying he was worth. Now, their evaluations have always been kind of off as far as what they think guys should be are, are worth. But Bradley, Chris, or Bradley Bozeman got paid, and I'm happy he's here. At right guard, whenever Austin Corbett comes back, I think they're fine. Maybe, though. Because let's honestly understand things. If you tear your ACL, and I know there's probably some of you listening or watching that have torn their ACL before. It's a while to come back. And you're probably not a world-class athlete. Like, um, 
Austin Corbett is. And he tore it back in January. He probably didn't have surgery until February. You got to wait for it to the, the swelling to go down if we're going to have surgery. Then you start the rehab process. And training camp opens, and you're still not out there. Now he's been out to the side, but he still can't kind of step back in, in you know normal movements as far as playing an offensive lineman. He can't do a lot of things that he needs to do. And if you can't do that in August, it's hard to believe you're going to be doing that in September and been doing it at a high level. So we're really looking at Austin Corbett, who, if he starts off the season on PUP, is going to be out a minimum of four weeks. We're probably looking at him out for the first eight, nine weeks of the season, if we're lucky. And when he comes back, is he going to be the same player he was last year? I would highly doubt it. So there was a big concern at right guard all season long, whether it's Corbett, whether it's Cade Mays, whether it's Michael Jordan, oh my God, uh, whether it's Justin McCray, or maybe it's Nash Jensen. That is a position that you're concerned about. At right tackle, Taylor Moten, who has been a stalwart there, the only guy you've been able to rely on consistently the last five seasons, I'm not concerned. So when you look at this unit, overall, I think they will be fine based off of what we saw for them last year and how good of an offensive line coach I believe James Campen to be. Icky's going to get better. He is. Taylor Moten, he's fine. We know what he is. Uh, Bradley Bozen, he's fine. We know what he is. But there are concerns at left guard and at right guard. I will admit that. There certainly are concerns there. But overall, as a unit, based on what I saw last year, even minus Austin Corbett and with Brady Christensen at left guard, where he's probably out of position, I think they will be fine. Let's recognize the New York Jets have the best defensive line in football. In the NFL, if they're playing college, high school, in Australia, the moon, they have the best defensive line in football. Quentin Williams and Al Woods didn't even play today, and they still kicked their ass. Like, Jermaine Johnson... The second was a first-round pick at FSU last year for the Jets and barely even played. He's going to be a good player, and he gave them hell, whether it was the first team or the second team. Uh, Bryce Huff, you might not know much about him, but if you ever watched the Jets play, third-down situations, last year especially in the win against Buffalo, that dude was in the backfield getting after Josh Allen. They got dudes on that defensive line. They have depth. The Carolina Panthers, they don't have the top-in talent that can compete down in and down and out against the New York Jets type of defensive line. Here's a good thing. They don't play a defensive line as good as the Jets the rest of the season. So it's no surprise that on August 12th, the Jets defensive line that was great last year is better than the Panthers' solid, not great, offensive line. It should not be a surprise. But it is underwhelming and unfortunate based off of what we saw today, considering that this is a position group that I certainly have touted as one of the strengths of the offense. And it might be an eye-opener that, hmm, if that's one of the strengths, maybe this team ain't that great. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Panthers are about to go 4-13 and or 5-12. and I'm not saying that at all. But let's just maybe kind of manage our expectations based, based off of what they look like in one preseason game, very limited snaps against a team that is expecting to compete for a division title in one of the deepest, if not the deepest division, and potentially compete for the Lombardi Trophy. It's going to take time. It is going to take time. And let's also understand with offensive lines, you're not getting much from an offensive line development-wise in OTAs or mandatory minicamp when they're in shorts and t-shirts. You're not getting anything out of them in the first week of training camp when they're in shorts and, shorts and t-shirts. Until the pads come on, they can't do what they need to do. And Frank Reich told us, you don't know until the pads come on. You don't really know where the, the offensive line unit is until the pads come on, until they face off against a team like the Jets. And the whole point of the preseason, really, and a point of joint practices is to see where you're at. We see where this offensive line is at right now. We know that they'll probably be fine at left tackle. They'll probably be fine at right tackle. They should be fine at center. But right now, we're not quite sure they're going to be so fine at right guard. And I would venture to say they're not going to be fine at right guard. 
until maybe next year. Because Austin Corbett's just not going to be healthy this year and at the same level he was last year. At left guard, I think they'll be okay. It's going to be a little touch and go at times. But overall as a unit, they'll be fine. They might go down a tick from last year just based off of the losing Austin Corbett. And certainly, I'll admit, I probably overvalued it overvalued the depth here on the offensive line because Cade Mays there's questions with him and if McCray can come in I didn't really hear much from him today I maybe that's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing I don't know Nash Jensen didn't even play Michael Jordan was a liability give up multiple sacks he was at right guard he gave up that tech without when he just olayed and allowed the guy to tackle Bryce Young and then the same thing happened when Matt Crowell was in there so I probably have over um estimated the depth there on the offensive line and hey that's on me y'all Hey, my bad. <laughs> it's not like I'm the first and the last person to overvalue a position group here in Carolina. I'll own it. I might have messed up this one. But I do think the first team unit can be fine. And I do not think they're as bad as we saw. I just think the Jets are just that good. And they don't have to play a defensive line that good the rest of the way. And you look at the interior, even if it ends up being Cade Mays and it's Brady Christensen at right guard and left guard. Would you rather have that or would you rather have John Miller and Pat Elfline? Or Dennis Daly and Michael Jordan? You would rather have that, Mays and Christensen, than Miller, Elfline, Daly, Jordan, any combination of that. And Michael Jordan, he did himself no favors. I can't see him making the roster. Didn't think that was going to be the case anyways. But he looked bad tonight. And that is not surprising because he has not looked good in a Carolina Panthers uniform ever. So that's not a shock. But it was surprising to see Iki Kwanu struggle. But hell, he hasn't faced off against those type of guys in a very long time, since Wednesday. That's pretty much the first time he's really done anything against a real opponent since January. So yeah, maybe I'm making excuses. I'm just looking at it, and I'm not, I'm not freaking out. Right guard, problem. Left guard, could be a problem. Don't think it's going to be a problem. Right tackle, left tackle, center, they'll be fine. So yeah. Probably not the depth that you need, and it's not great, too, when you hear that Cameron Irving uh, went down with an ankle injury. We'll find out how serious that is, because if he goes down, then that changes things up for you. When you already have Corbett on Pup, not going to play, probably the first half of the season, and Irving's supposed to be your swing tackle, and he didn't look great either. And now Larnell Coleman, holy moly, what was he doing? He got beat on the same spin move like five or six times, y'all. Did you see that? Did you see that man get beat on the same spin move time and time again? So that's a problem. Now, Icky came out on the broadcast and talking to uh, Carla Gebhardt saying that, okay, Ricky Lee from A&T, Aggie Pride, by the way, he's someone who's looked good, who surprised people. All right, well, we need to maybe see more Ricky Lee because Warnell Coleman ain't it from what I saw tonight. It's not, it's not going to work. Cam Irving, he is what he is. He's a swing tackle. The Panthers need a swing tackle. If he's out and they don't have a swing tackle – do you possibly move Christensen to swing tackle like we talked to Mike K about and then have Zavala there at left guard? Or do you have Christensen, I guess, move the right guard and then have Zavala at left guard? They got to figure out some combination. They have time to do it. But yeah, today was alarming. It certainly was uh, from some of the guys that you trust, but also from the positions that you have some questions about because those questions, uh, they did not get answered at all today when it comes to the offensive line. I, I, it's a, it sucks to be back in the conversation about the O-line, which we have way too much talk. As a fan base, as, as an observer of the team, we have way too many conversations about the Carolina Panthers offensive line. Where else in football do you talk about an offensive line more than people here in Charlotte and throughout the Carolinas talk about the Carolina Panthers offensive line? Again, left tackle, Icky, he'll be fine. Center, Bradley Bozeman, 
he'll be fine. Right, right tackle, Tim Moten, he'll be fine. Right guard, don't think that'll be the case ever. Left guard, you know, I think that's kind of a wait-and-see approach with that. So, the, yeah, there are offensive line concerns for sure. It's hard to evaluate Bryce Young. And, if, and you think about his health, he took a couple shots today, but he can't take those shots all season long. And if he's going to be taking those shots all season long, then, yeah, then he probably is going to get hurt. But you, that same case would have been if he was Cam Newton. The same case would be if he was Aaron Rodgers. same case would be if he was Patrick Mahomes, who's been hurt plenty of times, y'all. You seen that? You seen how many times he's been hurt? Joe Burrow, if you don't have an offensive line to protect, you don't matter whether you're 6'5", 250, or 5'10", 195. Yes, he ain't going to make it. So you can talk about the size all you want. If those guys don't protect him, it does not matter at all. And they didn't do a great job protecting him tonight. I don't think it's going to be a season-long concern as far as overall as a unit. But that right guard, yeah, yeah, that's an issue, y'all. And I'm not going to lie about that at all. That is something to be concerned about. So we'll see what they look like. It, as Frank Reich said, a good week that ended on a bad note. And that was a horrible note for the offensive line to come out there and to play as poorly as they did against the Jets on Saturday afternoon, that 27 to nothing loss. We didn't get to see a lot of Matt Corral. You know, a lot of people were asking me about, hey, what about Matt Corral? What about Matt Corral? What did you all think about Matt Corral? Did you think great about him today? Uh, I doubt it. We'll talk about some of the inactives and also, you know, maybe just kind of quell the fear and anger from what we saw today here on the show in just a moment here on Locked on Panthers. Oh, but football season is, well, it's kicked off, y'all. At least the preseason has. Yeah, football's back, but it's not really back, and we're really ready for it to be back. But either way, go to FanDuel because they're giving you a chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team, any team, to win a Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets back for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets of America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, since we're live, I guess I'll look at the chat. I'm sure I'm going to immediately regret this. <laughs> Let's see what some people have to say. Um, okay, do, do, do. get the L's out of the way now. That game was awful. Horrible game. At least we're going to watch the Braves and see a possible win. The Braves are on right now. Uh, they beat the Mets 21-3 to earlier. Hello. Uh, Corral is not the answer at backup, which we're going to get to here. Told you all about our offensive line. I said it many times. Um, Jets fan here. To be fair, we played a few more of our starters on defensive line today. I think you, like us, need more O-line support. Good luck. And everyone needs O-line support. Like, if anything, this shows you just how bad offensive lines are at this point in the season in the NFL. It also just shows you just how hard it is to find depth on the offensive line. You got to draft and develop guys. And they're trying to develop Cade Mays. Uh, I think guys like Michael Jordan – uh, far gone, ain't gonna happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's not great. It's, it, it's it's not great right now. I think it'll be fine overall as far as left tackle, center, and right tackle positions I've talked to you about so far on the show. But this is to be expected early on in preseason. You didn't think it'd be this bad, but it was bad. And we got somebody saying left tackle looks like a problem too. I, Icky, I'm not worried about it. So there we go. I looked at some of the chat. Uh, never read the comments on YouTube. Just, God, the, the cesspool that that can be. I appreciate all the people that tune in, but good Lord, man. Some of y'all need some help. All right, speaking of Matt Corral, someone said he's not the answer at backup quarterback. Duh. Duh. We knew that. The Panthers organization told you. Let's go back to Sunday last week when um, Itor Grosmatos was talking to the media and saying how, oh, the fans are on Twitter saying, oh, we need a new edge rusher. I'm not good enough. Buddy, you have eight and a half sacks in three years. They got rid of Morgan Fox to give you a chance to be a starter defensive end. You did nothing. Yeah, yeah, they don't think you're good enough. 
They drafted someone in DJ Johnson. There was thoughts that he could come out and help, which ain't going to be the case because I didn't see nothing from him tonight either. If he even played, I got to look at the inactives. I think he was active. Um, but, yeah, he was. So, yeah, no, man, you haven't shown anything for people to believe in you and for the organization to believe in you. And what did the organization do? They went out there and drafted – not drafted. They went out there and signed Justin Houston. Look at Matt Corral. The same case. The organization told you what they thought of Matt Corral on March 10th when they traded up from 9 to 1, gave up the second-round pick they got in the McCaffrey trade, gave up a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and D.J. Moore. They told you what they thought then. Then seven days later, they told you what they thought even more by bringing in Andy Dalton. They don't believe in this guy. And Frank Reich and... Scott Fitterer can say whatever they want about we have a plan for Corral, we're going to do this for Corral, yada, 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 yada about Corral. They gave the dude a chance, and he didn't do it. Because he just doesn't have it. He does not have it. I don't understand how anyone in their mind, and they could not have been in their right mind. There's no way anyone is sound of mind who thought the Panthers, when they could not get a deal done with Baker Mayfield, I cannot understand how anyone in their right mind could have thought the Panthers trading up to three to draft Corral in a sheer move, sheer panic move was them believing that he was going to be the franchise. There's, I can't understand how anyone could believe that. And when you watch them play against Washington, I don't care how bad the offensive line was. And when you watch them play against New England, same case. How do you watch that? And then watch today and ever have had, thought, had the thought that that guy can play in this league? He can't. I talked to somebody... I think it was a couple months ago who told me they were there last year during training camp and said he was the worst quarterback they have ever seen during training camp. Now, God love him. Bless his heart. Seriously. Like the guy, I love that at Ole Miss. Loved his toughness. Thought he was a good player. I, I give him credit for not quitting on his team and playing in the Sugar Bowl where he got hurt. And yes, it is quitting on your team when you play the whole season. Then the bowl game comes around and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want to care about myself. Well, Anderson, Bryce Young, they played in the Sugar Bowl. Mackerel played in the Sugar Bowl. Other guys quit on their team. He didn't quit on his team. So I appreciate him playing in that. He doesn't have it, man. They said last year, yeah, we need to take time with Matt. He's not here to compete. That's why they brought in Baker eventually. Way too late, but they brought in Baker. And then you see him today, you saw he's just not here to be someone who's going to actually can compete. You look at his numbers, and, you know, it's preseason. He did the most on offense that we've seen from anyone today because he was out there the most. He didn't see Andy Dalton, didn't see Jake Luton. He was 15-22, 126 yards, interception at the very end, and that's just him making a play, whatever. I don't care about it. It didn't matter. Um, then 63.8 rating. Yes, if it was actually – um, a game that was meaningful and he was in that situation, like he wouldn't have done that. But because his clock was running out, he's like, YOLO, bleep it. We're just going to throw it up there and see what, ha- see what happens and the Jets pick it off. He-, he doesn't look comfortable. Yes, the O-line in front of him is not great. I did think Derek Wright, who also went down with an injury with a knee, he looked pretty good in some spurs. I thought Javon Wims looked some pretty good too as far as guys who were um, at that back end of the roster trying to make the team. And for a brief moment, it looked like Shai Smith might have been out there. So that could have been an opportunity for those guys. Um so they look fine. They gave him an opportunity, but yeah, he just didn't look comfortable running an offense. The only time he looked comfortable was in that two-minute drill at the end of the game where the game was over. And even then, it still just looked like scattered. It did not look like someone who feels confident in this game. And it's hard to be when he hasn't played since last August, hasn't faced live bullets, and this is the only time he's really getting a chance. He's not out there with the ones and the twos during training camp. He wasn't really out there getting opportunities against the Jets until today. So you can't really blame him, but when you watch him play, it's just hard to to see that and think that, oh, yeah, that's a guy 
who can be the backup quarterback next year or in two years' time whenever Andy Dalton leaves. You don't see that. That's why they brought in Andy Dalton. Matt Corral, unfortunately, it does not look like he's even capable of being a backup at this point in time in his career in the NFL. And the problem, too, is you get quarterbacks coming in the, the league every year, and there's teams who have new evaluations about them who are thinking highly about them, and they're going to forget about Matt Corral. And this is Matt Corral's opportunity in the preseason to have a team fall in love with him and for a team to want to trade for him. But think about it, y'all. Last year, there's a lot of teams who had a chance to bring him in, and they didn't do it. The Panthers were one of those teams. The Steelers decided they didn't want to do it. They brought Kenny Pickett. You saw the uh, Titans get Malik Willis, who he's his career is already over, by the way. Uh, you saw the Falcons, who have Desmond Ritter. You also saw – there was one other guy. I can't remember who the other dude was. Uh, but you saw, like, three other guys go ahead of him. Yeah, I think it was only those three because then Sam Howell was behind him. But you saw – and who's going to start? Yeah, it's tough for Matt Corral. That's the business. I don't know what the IG meant. He said it was not. It was unrelated to the Bryce Young thing. I would, I mean, I guess, but like it would be weird for him to say on draft night all those words after it was apparent for weeks that he wasn't going to be um, the starter ever here in Carolina. And it's hard to say ever. You don't want to speak in absolutes. I certainly don't want to do that after I said Cam Newton would never be back here in Carolina. And how did that work out for y'all? Fun 10 days. Uh <laughs> It was great. I really, it was really fun though, but it sucked in the end. Um, but damn, <sighs> love you, Cam. Um, uh, but either way, it's just one of those things where it, it just doesn't seem like he's gonna have a future here in Carolina. Uh, going over some inactives, Miles Sanders tweaked his hamstring on Wednesday. He didn't play. Brian Burns was out. Justin Houston, Zavala still working his way back. Nas Jensen, who's gonna be competing there at right guard, he was out. Corbett, of course, on pup with the knee. Uh, Stephon Sullivan wasn't out there. Demir Burr with the hamstring. He's probably done. They're going to, I would imagine, over the next couple of days, we'll find an injury settlement with him. And maybe they can bring him back uh, at some point middle of the season, but he's done. Marquise Haynes, he's out with the back. Still Jordan Thomas, Mac McCain, the third, even though he was on the roster. Uh, and then Eddie Pinheiro, the groin. That seems to be more of a precautionary kind of deal where they're not too uh, concerned about that. Uh, they had Matthew Ryden kicking. Um, injuries, Cam Irving, as I mentioned, ankle. We'll see how serious that is. Henry Anderson, a foot injury. Never love those. See how serious that is. And Derek Wright, who was going to have a tough time making the team anyways. Now with a knee injury, they'll all be evaluated over the next uh, couple of days. I just think, though, after this preseason game and watching the offensive line and the concerns that we have, that there's really just no reason to panic. Like, if Matt Corral plays bad, whatever. He's not the guy who the Panthers are going to call on to be the backup quarterback. His time is probably number here in Carolina and it's unfortunate for him the NFL does have those rules about the third quarterback and it would behoove them the Panthers to have an emergency third quarterback on the roster um but if Matt Corral plays the way he played today then why would they keep him on the roster because why why would if you're the Panthers you watch him play what confidence do you have in him to come in and help you I don't think you have much now how many teams have confidence in their third quarterback not a lot but I feel like teams have more confidence in their third quarterback than the Carolina Panthers have in their third quarterback in Matt Corral as of this moment. So right now, he's certainly on the bubble. And he was on the bubble coming into camp anyways. But now, he's squarely on the roster bubble and needs to prove himself. As his reps are only going to go down. As the preseason games rack up. And Frank Wright came out and said that, hey, new team, new coaching staff, playing divisional opponents in the first two weeks. There is a sense of urgency to get this right and to have them ready to go. So I appreciate him playing the starters and understanding, hey, man, we have no time to waste. Those reps are only going to go up for Bryce Young next week and in the following week. So that means that Matt Corral's reps are only going to go down. Andy Dalton, they say he doesn't need to play. I, they need to play him at least one series. At least get him out there and play football. He's played plenty of football. But 
get him out there. Let him just be with some of the guys and get the timing down, even though those are going to be the backups. Let him play like a series, maybe at the end of the first half for the dress rehearsal. He's got to play some. Not a lot, but some. That means Matt Corral's reps are going to go down. It's going to make it even harder for him to make the roster. And he has to earn it. And so far, hard to say that he has. But I just think week one preseason game, Jets, great defense, a team that's going to be trying to contend for a Super Bowl. I know it sounds crazy as the New York Jets, but those guys put in a lot to try and win. That defense, if you watched it at all last year, is nasty. And you saw it today, and you didn't even get to see some of the best dudes. They played some of the ones. They're, they're going to be all right. They're going to be okay. I'm not worried about the Jets and the Panthers. You see early on, a lot of times, offense is behind the defense. And this offense certainly is behind that Jets defense, which is one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. Now, the, the depth on the roster for Carolina is still concerned on offense and on defense because the defense overall wasn't really great when they brought in some of the backups. And even when Zach Wilson played, he wasn't good. And yet the Jets still find a way to score. That's the disappointing thing about it. I just don't think after one preseason game that we should be out here thinking, okay, Panthers are going to be terrible this year. Oh, there's no hope, yada, yada. That's just crazy. And it always drives me insane for people to be like, oh, God, I just miss football so much. And as soon as football comes back, they're like, oh, oh season's over. It's like, what? what? Why do you even watch it if that's your mentality? It's going to be fine. Take a deep breath. It's all going oh, to be okay. Right guard, maybe probably not, but, but I think they'll be fine. It's going to take some time. It's only one preseason game. They got time. September 10th is not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not in two weeks. It's not even in three weeks. It's not even in a month. They Well, in a way it is, but yeah, it is okay. Four weeks, not in four weeks. But they have – they got some time to figure it out. Definitely uh, discouraging to see some of the things we saw today, but I'm not overly concerned. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. As, of course, I'm live after every single preseason game and in every single regular season game this year. So check it out on YouTube, and you can always check out the podcast if you ever miss it on the live YouTube feed over wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. I guess it's still called – maybe it's X. I don't know. I'm not going to call it X. It, follow me on Twitter. Either at me or DM me to get those questions in for the weekly Friday mailbag that we're going to do throughout the rest of the preseason. Then once the regular season rolls around, I'll be live on Tuesday nights here on YouTube, and I'll be airing it on Wednesdays on the podcast feed for a weekly Wednesday mailbag. So look forward to that. But until then, it will still be on Fridays. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.